0: Hello and welcome everybody wherever you are in the world. My name is Paul Ryan. I'm founder of PrescriptionRevision.com and I'm a GP and pharmacist based here in Ireland. I'm passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics and really enjoy making the latest international guidance relevant to those of us at the cold face of primary care. So today is my second podcast on the management of type 2 diabetes mellitus in primary care. I'm going to break today's podcast into six main parts. The first part, I'm going to discuss the main classes of hypoglycemic agents. The second second part, I'm going to discuss the efficacy of these in reducing HbA1c. The third part, I'm just going to give a a tip when prescribing um, uh, different oral hypoglycemic agents. The fourth, Um, if a patient has raised BMI or established cardiovascular disease which ones are are more favored the fifth uh, I'm going to discuss the current NICE 2019 guidance which is combined with the SINE 2017 guidance which are very similar and the last part I'm going to talk about HbA1c targets so the targets we want to achieve in our patients with type 2 diabetes so the first part the main classes of hypoglycemics so we've already discussed metformin but the next class are the SGLT2 inhibitors so it's your empagliflozin, canagliflozin, dapagliflozin, or r 2 i remember them easily in C, D and E so C for canagliflozin, D for dapagliflozin, and E for empagliflozin. and then the add-on the most recent is r 2 next family of uh, medications are your TPP4 inhibitors or gliptins, so these are your citagliptin saxagliptin, linagliptin and vildagliptin and linagliptin is my preferred one in this, in, in this class um, and I will discuss why, it's basically because you don't have the dose reduce as the EGFR goes uh, falls unlike the other gliptins. The fourth uh, class are your sulfonylureas and glyclizide is the main one in this class, and this is all this has fallen out of favor over recent over recent years, although from on a worldwide stage it's second only uh, to metformin in its prescribing in type 2 diabetes, but unfortunately, because of the driving restrictions and the risk of hypoglycemia, it's fallen out of favor. The fifth class are your thiazolidine The main one here is a Pyoglitazone has also fallen out of favour and I'll discuss why uh, in a little bit and the final one then are your GLP-1 mimetics uh, so these are your glutides I call them so semaglutide, dulaglutide, liraglutide and then exenatide. so the next part of this podcast I'm just going to talk about the efficacy of these agents in reducing HbA1c so there was a drugs and therapeutics uh, bulletin in 2013 and it made a, a, a bold statement and it stated that apart from metformin and insulin there was no good evidence to say any drug or class of drugs is better than any other. Not a huge amount has changed in the last seven years. If you look at any of the guidelines, they all advocate the, the, the uh, initiation with metformin. With regard to HbA1c reduction, gliptins reduced the HbA1c by about four millimoles per mole so I usually there's a range usually three to five but I I pick the median value so so gliptons reduce it by about four millimoles per mole of HbA1c glyphosins pioglitazone and glyclazide reduce HbA1c by about seven millimoles per mole and uh, the GLP1 mimetics your glutides reduce it by about eleven millimoles per mole now a memory aid that I use to remember the efficacy of these agents is 4 plus 7 is equal to 11. So gliptins reduce it by about 4. Gliflozins, pioglitazone, and glyclizide reduce it by about 7. And GLP-1 mimetics reduce it by about 11. So 4 plus 7 is equal to 11. And it ties into the diagnosis of uh, type 2 diabetes. If you're looking at blood glucose levels, fasting glucose of 7 and uh, our random glucose Uh, of 11.1 so it's just a memory that i use that you may find useful now we know that insulin is highly efficacious but unfortunately you get hypos and weight gain with insulin now the next part of my podcast i'm just going to talk about a tip when prescribing um, oral hypoglycemics so the main agents which we will be prescribing after metformin are either your glyphosins, glyptins, and glutides. Okay, now in Ireland, if you have Socrates, um, uh, Helix Health, or Health One, if um, it, an easy way to remember them because it's very hard to remember all the names of them, and there's very little difference between them uh, for us GPs or pharmacists in primary care. So, glyph- if you have a Socrates program and you type in glyphosin, the list of drugs will, all um, or, or the glyphosins will, or your or your SGLT2s will come up on the screen. If you have Helix Practice Manager, put in a percentage sign and type in and percentage sign and it should list them all. And then if you've helped one, just put in a space uh, and then type in glifosins, and all the glyphosins will come up, or all the glutides will come up, or all the glyptins will come up. So it's just a useful memory, useful thing to use when in practice, when we know we're after metformin, we're going to go with a glyphosin, a gliptin, and a glute or a glutide. So the next part of my podcast is I'm going to talk about. Raised, patients in, with type 2 diabetes who have a raised BMI or established cardiovascular disease so if they've had a prior MI, say for example, or they have angina so if they have a raised BMI use my, obviously use my former and force line but for raised BMI you can use glutides over, uh, over gl, uh, glyphosins because glutides, you tend to get more of a weight loss with them if they have established cardiovascular disease, you use glyphosens or glutides because they both have evidence based to show that they're effective um, in people who have got established cardiovascular disease. Now the next part of my podcast I'm going to talk about the NICE 2019 or the sign to and the sign 2017 guidance. Now I've combined these two and uh So just to to help, okay, with with, um, the management of of type 2 diabetes in primary care. So if the HbA1c is above 48 millimoles per mole, which is 6.5%, and after attempting lifestyle, you start metformin, especially in the younger patient, and you aim to get the HbA1c to 48 and, and to keep it at 48 millimoles per liter. If that HbA1c creeps up, and it hits 58 millimoles per mole, or 7.5 percent. You add a second agent. So the second agent you can use uh, is a glifluzin, a glip or, or a glyptin. Um, the it, it the nice and sign uh, hold back on the glutide because of cost, but uh, and they also mention you can use a sulfonylurea or pioglitazone. Um, but we know. Uh, over the last few years that sulfonylureas and, uh, and the pioglitazone have fallen out of favor and I'll discuss the reasons later on so the main option at a HbA1c of 58 is either a gliptin or a glyphosin and what do you aim for? The, H- the target HbA1c you aim for is 53 millimoles per mole now if the HbA1c creeps up again to 58 millimoles per mole and the person's on two agents then you need to add a third agent So you can either add a glyphosin, a glyptin, uh, or a glutide at at this stage. And you aim for a HbA1c of 53. The injectable agents, just to talk about, uh, are either a glutide or basal insulin. If the BMI is greater than 30, you can add a glutide. If you're adding a glutide, you want to make sure to stop the glyptin because it's therapeutic duplication. um, Reduce your sulfonylurea. Continue the metformin. The SGLT two and/or the pure glitazone. If the BMI, if the patient has a BMI less than thirty, uh, you can add basal insulin, but you need to stop the sulfonylurea. The other agents can be can be continued. So just to summarise that again, if the HbA one C is forty eight or above, and after attempting lifestyle, you start metformin. If then it creeps up to fifty eight, you can either add a gliptin or a glyphosin and if it then you aim for the target of 53 millimoles per mole, but if it goes back up to 58 again, you have to add a third agent. So if you were if you've added a glyphosin, we say first first line, then you can add a glyptin. Or if you were, if you added a glyptin previously, you can just add a glyphosin. Now the and uh, the, if the only thing to remember if you were ever adding a glutide, which is your GLP1 mimetic, just take the patient off the glyptin. Now, just to talk the the final part of this podcast, is I'm going to discuss HbA1c targets. So 53 millimoles per mole is the reasonable HbA1c target for most patients with a life expectancy greater than 10 years. It reduces the risk of micro and of macrovascular disease. We know that target should be individualized and that we should balance the benefits with harms. So because the harms of these agents are hypoglycemia and weight gain, for example. If the patient has, is, has severe frailty, um, moderate or severe frailty, um, a more reasonable HbA1c target is 75 millimoles per mole. It is important to remember to continue the medication if the target is achieved or the HbA1c falls more than 5.5 millimoles in the previous three to six months. So that brings me to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found it beneficial, and I'm, in the next podcast I'm going to talk about a number of issues that have come up in this, uh, such as the therapeutic duplication with the Dpb4 inhibitors and the GLP1 memetics. So I'm looking forward to delivering my next podcast, and thank you for listening.